Welcome, everybody, to the Church Podcast, this special Christmas Eve episode for all of you. Chris, how are you today, man? I'm doing well, John. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. I'm excited about this. I'm excited about this time of season. We are spending time with family, but yet, Chris, we are still giving our listeners an episode to listen to the Church Podcast. Why on earth would we do that? Well, actually, though, we're doing uh, something that I think is a great um, Christmas tradition, and we're re-gifting this year for you guys. So, um, you know, John and I wanted to spend some extra time with family, and we thought you guys should too, and there's nothing wrong if you're listening to uh, this podcast while you're waiting for Mass to begin and everything, uh, or at least Christmas Eve Mass to begin. So um, what we decided to do is go back into our vault and share with you uh, one of our favorites, which is episode 12. And episode 12 is all about greeters, ushers, and hospitality, helping people feel welcome at church. And right now we're hoping that that's how you uh, feel going to Christmas Eve Mass, or at least felt going to Christmas Eve Mass or Christmas Day Mass or um, just Mass in general. Absolutely. This is such an important topic. And so we really felt that this was a good time to go back into the archives, go back into the vault and share this with all of you. So uh, Merry Christmas to you. We really hope that you enjoyed this episode, a little blast from the past. uh, And uh, we wish you a wonderful New Year's as well. Welcome to the Church Podcast, talking all things ministry to help you do church better. I'm your co-host, John Ronaldo, and I'm here alongside Chris Wesley. Chris, how are you today, man? John, I am doing fantastic. Now, that's what I call a smooth opening, so uh, <laughs> that's good. But, uh, you know, I guess that's uh, what we get for, you know, getting a couple of these episodes under our belt. So uh, it, it's hard to believe that we have... Uh, well over 10 episodes right now. Yeah, so. this would be about a dozen or so. And it's yeah. really exciting and cer- certainly thankful to you, the listener, to be subscribing to our podcast. And, and thank you so much for sharing that. And we encourage you to keep doing that. Uh, but today we are going to be talking about hospitality ministry at our parishes, at our churches, and uh, some best practices around that. And so, uh, Chris, uh, tell me a little bit about your experience with hospitality and some of the things that you think are some best practices that you think we should be taking in on as we do Mass, as we do our Sunday experience, etc. Yeah, you know, uh, you think about it, um, it, it's something you don't think about until something unfortunately negative happens to you, right? I mean, growing up, I grew up in the church, uh, since, you know, uh, being an infant and never really thought about that. You know, you, you go to the church doors, you open up those big church doors, you find your seat. I don't know about you, John, were you a left side or a right side pew sitter? And did you sit in the front or in the back? Oh, that's interesting. So if I look at when I was growing up in junior high and high school, we sat on the left side almost always and right about mid-pack, not too far forward, not too far back. It was always about mid-pack. And even if we got there late, we still walked down the aisle and try to find a seat right in the middle, even though mass was already started. It was kind of embarrassing for a teenager. Yeah, yeah. Nothing more embarrassing than like calling attention to yourself in the middle of something else going on, right? Especially but, when you're a teenager. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. So uh, yeah, for my family, we sat in the front left uh, pews, probably like three or four back from the front. We never sat in the front, but just close enough there. Um, there was always, you know, fortunately for us, there was like one family that always sat in the front pew, not because they were holier than thou, but because, um, or acted that way is because we actually had sign language translation. So we would have been actually in the front pew if 
uh, we didn't have a sign language ministry at the church I grew up in. But uh, yeah, uh, the, you know, so basically, you, you, uh, we went to mass, we opened the doors, we walked in, we found our seats, left mass, grabbed the bulletin, and, uh, you know, got in the car and went and never really thought about the experience that I had. And then I remember when I went to Xavier University, um, you know, walked in, people stood by the door, they greeted you and everything like that. But to me, it never like clicked that this was like a hospitality ministry. It was college, you know, so you were glad to see your friends. And, you know, especially as a Catholic, having friends who were Catholic was kind of comfortable and everything. Uh, and then when uh, I started at Nativity, that's when I started to notice uh, things a little bit differently, not necessarily as entering in and not being greeted well, but uh, being a greeter and just seeing different responses happen, you know, and seeing people come in all flustered and upset and frustrated and not necessarily because of what we were doing at the church, but because of uh, all the obstacles people face on their ways. So before we even talk about best practices, I think we have to talk about the journey people take to get to church, right? I think yeah. that's incredible because I'm sitting there and go like, I've got three kids and so there are some Sunday mornings or Sunday evenings that I'm walking out the doors of my house, like struggling, like uh -huh. kids, get in the car, put your shoes on, like, let's go. We're going to be late, right. which is such a bad mindset to kind of prepare yourself for mass for. But when you got young kids and you, it just happens and you, and literally, sometimes I'm in the car going, ah, oh my goodness, oh my goodness, driving to church. Like, right, yeah, right. clearly ready for the spiritual experience that is church. Not. Right, because we, <laughs> we, want, we want our kids to, like, to dress nice too, right? It's not just like, get clothes on and like, we're going to the jump zone or anything like that. It's like, get your clothes, your Sunday's best on, you're going to behave, you're going to sit still. You're going to listen to this and, you know, you're building up all this tension. Maybe you do something that your wife doesn't like or your wife does something you don't like and you're, you're just a ball of emotion going uh, through those doors. Totally. And then, you know, you go to the church and it's kind of like, all right, how are you going to handle that? How are you going to handle that? And it might not, you know, it might not be the family and not every family is like that. It might be, you know, uh, a, a rainy or a snowy day where it just made it hard to get there. Or someone's going through something in their life that, that's really difficult. And, you know, that emotion, um, they bring that to church. And if they're holding on to that emotion throughout the liturgy, you know, especially if they're not connecting with the opening hymn or the homily is just not at its best, then they're going to miss out on, on the Eucharist, which provides them the grace <laughs> to go handle those day-to-day -day sort of actions. So greeting ministry, I believe, uh, is one of your most important ministries. And I would even extend greeting ministry a little bit to parking lot ministry as well. Um, and it's all part of something I think we call hospitality, right? What does your hospitality look like at your church? Mm -hmm. And, uh, the questions that the question that I think everyone needs to reflect on is, does your hospitality, um, make a positive impression or a negative impression? And some people might be thinking, well, we don't have a hospitality ministry and, and you might not have an intentional one, but you have a hospitality ministry that's caused by your ushers, by your insiders, uh, by your staff. And, and so I think what we need to do first after, you know, recognizing the journey that people take is look at exactly the intentional and unintentional things that we're doing in regards to hospitality. I agree with you 100% because I don't think we do that. There was a book I read a handful of years ago called Fusion 
Mm. Let's see if I can remember the subtitle, turning first time guests into long time members or something like that. But basically they, they did a little bit of research on, on hospitality ministry and, and guests coming onto campus of your right. church. And one of the things that they said in this book is that a first time guest makes a judgment within seven minutes oh. of them pulling into the parking lot of whether they want to return or not. And when I really thought about that, I said, seven minutes. Okay, that's interesting. Well, if, if they get there even just a little bit early, that is uh, maybe before the first song is mm-hmm. played, but it is certainly before any readings are read or any homily or sermon is being preached. And so if with the first seven minutes they're making that type of judgment, that type of definitive judgment, then in my mind, hospitality ministry, the people that greet them and welcome them as they enter the parking lot, as you mentioned, as they enter the doors of the church, play a huge role because we've got seven minutes. We have seven minutes to make an impact, at least according to this research. Now I can't verify whether that's true or not, but I think it's intriguing for us to to think that through. And so, and that starts from the moment they drive on the lot. So how long does it take them to find a spot, for instance? You know, how long does it take them to get out of the car, (laughs) you know, to get over to the church? And so, you know, seven minutes is not that long. No, no, no. We, yeah. I'm just going through my head. I'm like, even if you arrive on time, I think that gets you to the Gloria you know, and uh, that's a lot of, um, you know, that, that goes into the pastor's greeting, the opening song, you know, until you get into, once you get into the Gloria and the first reading and whatnot, you know, there, I don't want to say that like you have little control uh, over content or whatnot, but I mean, you know, that's where we trust God to, <laughs> you know, take over. It's that it, it's even like, you know, if someone arrives exactly at nine o'clock at the nine o'clock mass or 1030 at the 1030 mass, or even one or two minutes late, are they being greeted or are they feeling shunned? You know, go back to your seven minutes shunned for feeling, you know, arriving late, especially in the world that we live in. That's so busy. So let's take kind of a pause from, you know, church hospitality. I want to ask you, John, what is probably the best greeting or welcoming? And it may be church, but greeting and welcoming that you've ever had before. What, when you think about, pristine hospitality uh where do you go to oh man i haven't thought about that i mean my immediate reaction was i was thinking about i don't even remember the hotel but there was a, a hotel that we were at on one trip uh that you know everything from the valets to to walking in the doors uh, of the hotel to the reception that we received from the concierge the reception we see from the hotel uh the registration desk Gosh, I wish I remember what hotel I was. Um, but I remember being, feeling very, well, welcome's the right word, but feeling like, yes, it's good that I am here. I'm excited mm-hmm. about this. And, and it was a vacation as well. And so that obviously added to, to the elements of, of feeling good. But I was like, this is good. This is yeah. really good. Yeah, that's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah, for me, like immediately hotels come to mind, especially, you know, I think about, um, you know, the one time that my wife and I uh, went to Italy, it was for our honeymoon. And, you know, you're kind of out of your element, right? It's a foreign country. Um, you know, I spoke broken Italian, um, which got us by for the most part. Uh, but as soon as we got off the plane in Florence, uh, we, we worked with a travel agent. For those of you who are younger than 25, a travel agent, someone <laughs> is, a, the, 
human version of Expedia or TripAdvisor. No, I'm just kidding. But uh, yeah, so we uh, got a car that picked us up at the airport. And right from that moment, we had pristine hospitality. It was incredible. You know, just they, they welcomed us. They, they grabbed our bags. They got us into the car. They helped us check into this hotel, you know, and not that my wife and I, we, we had been in hotels before dozens of times. So we had familiarity of what we needed to do. But because we were in a foreign country and we didn't know all the customs and we didn't understand all the etiquette, it was a little intimidating, but these people were able to break that down for us. Um, you know, I also think about, you know, more of an everyday sort of uh, reality, like take, um, you know, going to Chick-fil-A versus, uh, you know, I, I don't know how familiar you are with Philadelphia cheesesteak places, John, especially Pat's and Gino's. So anyone who's from, you know, the Northeast and has had a cheesesteak from Pat's and Gino's or one of those places knows that there's a right and a wrong way to order a cheesesteak. And in fact, they've been notorious for, for saying, if you don't order it in the right way, you're going to be shunned and send back to the end of the line, right? But these cheesesteaks are so good that people, you know, will suffer the embarrassment most of the time to do that. You go into a Chick-fil-A, it's completely different. Sometimes there's people opening the doors for you. There are people like, may I help your, our next guest? It's my pleasure. They explain it to you. You know, we're talking about a chicken sandwich, but you feel good. You don't feel so dirty eating the fast food there because the hospitality is even great. They'll even bring the, your food to you at your seat. So, you know, I know we took kind of a tangent to talk about some of these secular uh, uh, opportunities, but I think there's a lot that we can learn from the business world, uh, especially the guest services world to uh, learn how to do church hospitality. So we've covered, you know, the journey that people take, um, I love the seven minute impression. Like, what are you doing within those seven minutes to, uh, to do that? Um, what, what do you think, you know, we've, we've kind of talked about how people struggle just to get to the church building. Um, and I mentioned parking lot. What do you think are some of the other obstacles or, um, uh, hurdles that people have to overcome to get into the church pew, to sit down and be engaged in, in worship? Yeah, I think some of those obstacles are, you know, I, I think about it, looking at it from the lens of maybe a new person, you know, who's mm. coming into the church. And so do they know where the church is, you know, mm. for instance? Now, some churches, it's pretty obvious, you know, but in some cases, there's some big campuses out there and some churches, right. you know, do they know where the church is? Or, for instance, I've got, I've got young kids who, who first thing they need to do is go to use the restroom. You know, well, right. in my church, I know where the restroom is. Okay. But if I'm visiting somewhere, I'm like, okay, where's the restroom? You know, if I had someone kind of guiding me, it's like, well, this is well, the restrooms are over here or whatever. That would be mm. super helpful. Right. You right. know, so, so I think even just trying to kind of you know, gather my little tribe of folks and kind of get them all quiet and in the doors and, and find a seat, uh, do the bathroom break before mass, um, you know, pulling kids out of car seats and things like that. I mean, that, that's the lived reality for me. And that's not true for everybody. Uh, but that's a real struggle when I think about it. And, you know, I, I live very close to the church. And I try to leave 15 to 20 minutes before mass starts so that I can just get everybody there, you know. Right, uh, right. And, and again, that's a certain life you know, phase that I'm in, you know. Um, but I find that it makes a huge difference when there is that smile, there is that welcome, there is that handshake that allows me to be more present. And that's mm. really what I'm looking for because uh, I want to come and experience the 
uh, mass and be present to what's happening there in the community and through the, through the liturgy of the word, through the liturgy of the Eucharist. And it's not happening on all the time. And part of that is just, again, the phase of life that I'm in. Um, but those are real obstacles. I mean, I go through mass sometimes, honestly, and mm. I can't remember what the readings were or what the homily was. I'm just kind of thankful we made it through. Yeah. We're alive and yeah. we can get on with the day from there. But again, that's just me. Yeah, yeah, no, no. And um, and I, can, I don't think it's just like, a, you know, a, a young parent uh, problem, you know, like you and I are in similar seasons of life. I don't think it's just something we face, you know, I, I think about uh, college age, uh, young professionals, you know, walking in, and this might be the first time they've gone to church in a long time, or the first time that they've gone to church by themselves, you know, without the safety of college, uh, campus ministry, or even their parents. You know, I think about uh, people who have gone through, you know, maybe um, life change that traditionally or stereotypically hasn't been embraced by the church. Like maybe you just recently got divorced or maybe, you know, um, you you had something happen in, in your life where you're, you're like, I'm not sure if I want to go back to church. Or, you know, we think about situations like 9-11 or, um, you know, holidays or any time where people are going to think I need to connect with God. And they're going to walk in and if they um, don't know where simple things like, yeah, where the bathroom is or, you know, uh, where do I go if I need this? Or, you know, am I supposed to sit here? You know, even basic like questions like when do I get up for communion? People might not know those things. And I think sometimes we have to kind of take off our Pharisee hats um, and uh, or our curse of knowledge hats and really get to that point where we're saying like, okay, we've got to get ready that anyone who's walking in here might have just learned what a church is for the first time. And so how are we going to accommodate that? And so going to your original question of what are some best practices? I know we've talked about steps to set that up. I I think uh, another best practice is find someone in your church who works in hospitality industry. So those are people who work in hotels, people who work in restaurants, people who work in any kind of uh, retail or business where they want people to come back, commit, and eventually be uh, uh, like uh, regular customers to what they do. And obviously you might think, well, of course, Chris, people want an iPad, so they'll go back to the Apple store or they, you know, get addicted to fast food, so they'll come back to, you know, Chick-fil-A or something like that. But there's something I think that that raises one business above the next, and, and that's, exactly how they receive the customer. So if there's someone in your parish that um, is in the hospitality services, I think they're going to be more uh, better equipped to help people with this subject than you and I are, but that's definitely one place to start. Secondly is to create a culture. And this goes back to a couple of podcast episodes ago where your volunteers aren't just there to do a task, but they're there to create an experience, you know? So, um, you know, think about your ushers, right? When they're, opening the doors that they're smiling. You know, that's so many of us think like smiling is just something that we naturally do, but it's something you actually have to think about, you know, and uh, uh, how many times we think we're smiling, but in reality, we might be grimacing and looking like really angry and saying like, how dare you come to my church? You know, Uh, another thing is just greet people. Um, Just say, Hey, I'm so glad that tell them that even if you never met them say, Hey, I'm so glad that you're here. I'm so glad to see you. We are so excited that you're joining us today. Like any kind of small little thing 
will turn their attitude. And if people don't believe me on this, this is my little challenge. If you're a Eucharistic minister, next time you give out communion, I want you to smile at every single person you give out communion to. And if they look pissed off or angry or upset, I guarantee the majority of them, like a high majority of them, will start smiling at you. And they won't know why. And it's just because a smile is contagious. So having people who do that, uh, another best practice I would say is, and this causes a little bit of sacrifice with our volunteers, but is to be prepared not to sit down and engage in, in mass ourselves until I would say about seven minutes into mass. I was going to say five, but now that you said seven, John, I, I think that should be the rule of thumb. Seven minutes after mass, so 9.07, 10.37, whenever your mass time starts, to uh, stand by the door and greet people because people will be late. You know, this is church world and, you know, busyness, America and everything like that. But not to shun those people or make those people feel like they're punished for being late, but make them glad that they came and even to the point where they're so excited to come next week that maybe they'll come a little bit earlier because I, I've, I saw that happen at Nativity. I've seen that happen at other churches where because you have a great hospitality ministry, people will be more excited to get there and they won't wait to the last minute to get in the car to come to church. Yeah, I agree with all the, those, those ideas. One of the things I was thinking about around greeting people is that – it has to be authentic too. Yeah, you. I think we've been places where someone's like faking uh, a genuine welcome, right? Like, yeah, hi, yeah, yeah. nice to meet you. Glad oh, yeah, you're yeah, yeah, here. Yeah. Where are you, you know, selling me? <laughs> yeah, and and it could say, yeah, exactly. What, what what do you got for me? Now they walk in suspicious, right? When it's not authentic, and that's one of the things I discovered that when we launched the ministry recently at uh, at, uh, at my previous parish that we. I had to look at, I had to watch and look at people. It's like, who's doing it kind of authentically and who's not, right? There, there are some people who kind of go over the top. Right. Um, and we got to figure out a way to make it natural. You know, how mm. do we make this a natural part of, of themselves, of who they are, and not just kind of like, you know, faking it? And so I would say that's something to kind of keep in mind. And I, I think that sometimes requires some training. You know, so as you get a team of hospitality ministers together, having some training around, you know, all the things that we've talked about just now, but, but what does a, a warm, genuine welcome look like? What are the things that people are looking for when they come in the doors of the church? And let's be attentive to that. The other thing I think about in terms of greeting is, is looking at the placement of people. Now, every church is a little bit different. Do you have five doors, you know, to the entrance of your church? Or do you have one main entry? Are people coming from two different parking lots or is there one major parking lot? And if they're coming from two different parking lots, do you assign people to be in different places in the facilities on campus to greet people coming in from these different parking spots? One of the things that we did is that we have a separate parking lot that's kind of away from the church, but our main parking lot gets full very often. And so one of the things that we did as we assigned one of our hospitality ministers to the other parking lot so that one, people feel welcomed again, right when they get outside the doors. But more importantly, I was thinking that if people don't, again, do people know where the church building is? Because from that parking lot, you can't see the church, you know? And so they kind of having somebody out there is going to help be helpful in terms of helping people know where to go and where to go from. Yeah, you know, you, you just made me think, have you ever walked into a church door 
not knowing where it leads. And next thing you know, you've popped in that side door that's like right by the front of the altar. Like, have you ever known? Yeah, I was just. I, I did that this past Sunday. <laughs> oh, did you? Yeah, because yeah. uh, my wife and I we were visiting uh, her dad up in, uh, in in New Hampshire, and he was like, "Oh, meet us at this church." He we had never been to. He hadn't been to. He's like, "Like, I'm in the like we're we're getting there just in time." And he's texting like, "Come in, you know, uh, the side door, and I'll be right there." And we walk in. Opening him is starting, so everyone's attention is on the front of the church. And, you know, it's, it is one of those moments where the boys are, you know, hellions and, and, you know, we're just like flustered because it's a new town and we walk in and I'm like, Oh, great. We're right in front of everyone right here. And, uh, and I, I thought to myself, if they had only had a greeter right there that said, Hey, maybe you want to go in the back, ah. you know, and come up the side or mass has just started this you know, just give me fair warning. So I know that what I'm walking into, Mm -hmm. I think that's important or walking when music is happening or, you know, like your audible sound won't like disrupt Mm -hmm. uh, the service or or the mass I think is important. Oh man. But yeah, knowing what are the entrances uh, because that's not just a hospitality thing, but also a safety thing too. If God forbid there's a fire or or something like that in your church, you want to have men and women who can man those doors so that um, people can get out safely Mm -hmm. as well. But yeah, just having people at those doors, I think, is is key mm-hmm. to instruct yeah. people where to go. And I think, you know, people are going to be late. And so I agree with your statement that, you know, there's one church I went to that actually had a sign that they would put up in front of that particular door, you know, like the door that you described where it was close right. to the front or like that, that they said mass has started, you know, go around to the other side. Now, that's not as that's not as nice as having a person actually there, you know, right. but the signage is kind of a second kind of a second step. That's interesting that. To think about that when when you described your experience, I was like, right. oh yeah, that, that parish had a sign. You know, uh, the other thing is you think about seating in the church. Mm. Uh, you talk about that. You and your family sit up front. You're that was, unique. That was me as a kid. That was me <laughs> not, as a kid. Now, not you now anymore. We're in the back on the side. <laughs> yeah, no, no, no. Two small kids. We're we're not. I'm not. Dry. I know. I see parents who do that all the time. They've got the kids. Like, God bless you, but if my son <laughs> acts out, I want to be as inconspicuous as possible. So, Absolutely. You know, so, but I think, I think the reality is that, and that's the old, old joke. It's like, oh, it's church. Yeah. Everybody sits in the back. Come on, sir. Right. Come and sit yeah. in the front, right? So now you think about when mass, your services started, and you've got the people coming in late, but all the back seats of the church are full already. So talk about my experience when I was a teen that even when I walked in late, my mom would still walk us into the middle of the church, you know, and walk down the middle aisle, the middle of the church to go there. And it was kind of embarrassing. Well, my mom didn't really care. So it was no problem for her. I cared, but I was a teen. So she's like, eh, whatever. Right, right, you know, right. But, but some people do care. And so if we have new guests coming or even regulars who, who late, who are late, what does it say that every single seat in the back pews is filled, but there's all sorts of seats in the middle of the front that are open. And what position does that put that person who's coming in late? What do they do? Well, they either end up standing along the back wall because they don't want to embarrass themselves. Well, the majority of time that's actually what happens. And so is there a place for us to say, to try to save the back, 
rows of the church for those latecomers. And again, I've yeah. been to churches where they've actually reserved the, the back couple rows of the church for that exact thing so that when people come in late or are flustered or have a bunch of kids and they just need a place to sit, that they can just immediately like, oh, there's a seat right there, right in the back. You're good to go. I haven't seen too many churches reserve seats or think about yeah. that. Uh, what's your experience in terms of, of that, of reserving those back seats? Yeah, so that was the best practice, that nativity. I've seen that a lot in our uh, evangelical churches I've been to before. Um, in the secular world, you see that a lot in uh, the theater, um, not the movie theater, but you know, plays and uh, where there's open seating, as well as restaurants. If you think about it, restaurants have strategic planning for where people sit, because uh, not just because of where people are, are shifted, but it, it, when you walk in, how the restaurant looks you know, and, and, and feels. And, you know, going back to like where all the regulars will sit in the back, leaving the front pews for newcomers, you know, the, it's not just putting a spotlight on people when they walk in, but if you think about it, it's putting pressure on them for when it comes time for offertory communion, different things, because now everyone is looking at how they act and behave. And, you know, even though the Catholic church uh, is universal and no matter where you go, the structure is pretty much the same how people go up for communion is different from church to church. How people do offertory is different from church to church. And if you're standing in the, if you're in the front and you're new and you make that mistake, Oh man, like you can get dirty stairs. Even if you don't get dirty stairs, you feel dirty stairs. Mm -hmm. And so I, I think the way that we address that is we talk to our congregation. Those of us who work in the local church, those of us who are leaders should talk to the congregation and say like, hey, listen, when you come here, like don't think about it as your seat. You know, don't get too comfortable in your seat, but get ready to make room for people who are coming to church for the first time because they're coming and then you list those reasons. They're coming because a tragedy happened in their family or they're lost or they're, you know, moving into town and, and even give a homily on first impressions, you know, like, and, and you can use the, um, you can use different, um, uh, liturgy weekends, whether it's, you know, Jesus at, with the woman at the well, you know, first impressions there or Mary and Martha, you know, uh, Martha and Mary weekend, right? Like talk about, you know, hospitality there. And uh, um, just, uh, you know, there's so many examples of first impressions in the liturgy. So there's no excuse why you can't talk about that in your homily on the weekend. Um, and then when you're doing formation for your volunteers, I think it's really important to uh, include that and make it a spiritual thing and not just a, uh, you know, um, a, uh, a, a tactical, tangible thing. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. So I think we just scratched the surface here, Chris. I think there's so many yeah. places that we can go with this. Uh, you know, that I, I think I want to delve into some of the stuff in the future in terms of what we're training include, you know, and how do we recruit, you know, the right people for this type of ministry. So those are some, some things to think about for the future. But again, I think this is a really good beginning about how do we build a, a, a culture of hospitality and welcome and how do we make people feel like Yes, you should be here. We welcome you here. So, uh, so thanks for tuning in to this episode of the Church Podcast. As always, you can find uh, Chris and myself online uh, via social media. I can be found uh, on Twitter at John Ronaldo and on Twitter for Chris at, at Chris R. Wesley. 
um, as well as take a look at our website. Uh, Chris has got an incredible ministry going on at marathonyouthministry.com. So I encourage you to check that out for all sorts of other great resources uh, to take a look at. And I can be found at johnrinaldo.com. Chris, any final words before we wrap up today? Yeah, you know, uh, for those of you who have been listening, you know, we like to answer uh, your questions too. So if you got questions, email them to us at questions at churchpodcast.org. Um, and also go to our website. But we would love those of you who leave reviews, whether it's, you know, hey, John and Chris, you sounded great today because of your audio, or, um, oh my gosh, you really uh, do such a great job, Chris, with your antics and humor, and John, maybe you could be funnier. You know, <laughs> any kind of reviews. <laughs> no offense. That's an that's accurate but, uh, review. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, no, it's not an accurate review. You got humor. It's just different. No, but uh, <laughs> but anyway, uh, if you got questions or comments, we want to hear them because we want to be better so that we can talk uh, you know, more about ministry uh, so that you guys can do church better. And uh, yeah, so email us at questions at churchpodcast.org or uh, you can uh, leave us a review on iTunes um, and let us know how we're doing. Very good. And that wraps up this episode of the Church Podcast, talking all things ministry to help you do church better. Look forward to seeing you next week when we uh, keep talking about all things church. Thanks so much, guys. Have a good day.